Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When the red, red robin comes bob, bob, bobbing along, along, there'll be no more sobbing when he starts robbing his own. display as the addicts edge out Bradford but three points are three points welcome to Charlton Live So good evening and welcome to Charlton Live, coming to you live here from the Valley on your Sunday evening. My name is Louis Mendes and joining me here in the studio in SC7 as we get ready to look back at yesterday's uh, 1-0 win over Bradford City, Mr. Terry Smith, the grand old man of Charlton Live and you uh, look like you're feeling very old as, you, yeah. <laughs> yeah, as you're walking into <laughs> yeah, the studio there. Uh, yeah. Gardens are horrible things. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, evening everyone. Are you, are you well? Are you well? Yes, yeah, about ish. Yeah, and uh, I'm here. looking forward to reliving that thrilling 90 minutes that I we... I think that second half will live, long live in the memory. Yeah, in the, yeah, for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> uh, it's post-traumatic stress disorder is what we're all suffering from, I think, after yesterday. I think that's what it is. My body seized up after <laughs> watching that yesterday. Afternoon. <laughs> so there we go. It's a wonder win over Bradford City here at the Valley yesterday, thanks to Lyle Taylor's goal. It certainly wasn't um, the most exciting game we've ever seen. But we will re- uh, relive it today. Um, leaves us, of course, in that very healthy position in the uh, in the league table. We're now 12 points above Peterborough, who are the, the team in seventh. They didn't play yesterday. Um, so that means, I mean, we have got a really, really healthy gap above the rest 
rest of the uh, the chasing pack in in terms of uh, that that race for the playoffs. So we're looking pretty dead certs for that. Um, yeah, I mean, Peter, I haven't even got a game in hand on us. We're on the same amount of points. So playoffs are 100% certain now. It's just a case of whether we can still catch Barnsley. We've got a game in hand on them. They're nine points ahead of us. So if we win that game in hand away at Wickham, we'd be six points behind them. They've got, I've, I've been thinking, and I've got the running as well yeah. for, them all, for all the teams that uh, that are in the in the, in the mix, yeah. as it were. So, Is it uh, thinking that did you back in? Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I've been told not to do it. I don't listen. <laughs> Uh, and uh, you know they got some uh, they got some tricky ones mm. so, as of we to be yeah, fair because oh, I think we went we went through the running for Barnsley specifically on the big match preview and I said nah no chance but uh, I'm glad to see you're coming out from a different angle I mean they've drawn was it three out the last and that's five? the thing it's, it's not it's yeah it's the dropping of points it's not mm. necessarily them losing is the issue it's it's whether or not they can maintain mm. an unbeaten run between now and the end yeah. and and to be fair it's it's probably not just about Barnsley it's about mm. Sunderland as well and mm. Portsmouth well Sunderland have got that heartbreak checker trade trophy heartbreak that they've had this afternoon as they well. Should so know, they, they should know. Don't bother going to Wembley yeah. anymore. It's just, it's, did, you, did you see it? They, they, no, uh, I didn't. When he went to the no. penalty shootout, Mickey Gray was in the crowd and they zoomed in on him. I was like, oh yeah. <laughs> Still there to haunt I you. I bet you loved that. <laughs> right, so um, on tonight's show, uh, we are going to hear the highlights of yesterday's uh, win over Bradford City. Um, we're going to hear, of course, from Lee Bowyer. came in to speak to Terry after the game. Lee Bowyer is also going to provide a little update on the fitness of Lewis Page because that's something I saw people talking about throughout the week. So I asked him uh, that yesterday. Today. So I've got that that clipped out for you. Um, what else are we going to talk about? Oh, Headphones Norm. I was so delighted to that see Headphones superb, Norm get the, uh, get, get the Pride of the Valley Award yesterday because he is just the Charlton face. I remember talking to him after an away game at Arsenal, which shows how long he's been going. But obviously he's been going a, a lot longer than that. He's just one of those faces that you cannot go to a game without seeing. Anybody who's travelled uh, for Charlton, home or away, in the last, oh, getting up for fifty years, isn't it? Really, uh, as uh, would have seen Ed Fomes Norman. They yeah. just would have done. He was, he's, a, he's a fixture. Yeah, exactly, he's a face. He's a Charlton face. And because of that, I want to ask you who are, who else are the Charlton faces? Who can you not go to an away game without bumping into? It might be someone who you know quite well, who isn't actually that well known. It might, of course, be Sebo, who is obviously the the main one there as well. But people like Ed Fomes Norman, who are who are the unsung heroes of travelling away to to Charlton games that you know. It's it's almost like a comfort blanket when you've travelled all the way to the the wilds of the northeast or something, uh, and you're feeling a long way from home, and then you see that familiar face that reminds you that you're there with your your Charlton brethren. Uh, so let us know who else is the Charlton face. Um, we want to know your opinions on the game. I'm also going to play you a very short clip about something really strange that happened to me while I was trying to interview Johnny Williams yesterday, um, because the the manager of our opposition <laughs> Gary Bowyer started heckling me, which is something that I've never had before. Uh, so I'll, I'll try and play you a clip of that and and uh, let you know what all that was about so have your say on tonight's show anything you want to talk about um, email studio at charltonlive.co.uk you can tweet us at charltonlive you can head over to the Charlton Live forum there's a thread on there for tonight's show as well and you can have your say I want to know are you paying too much attention to that performance yesterday I mean Lou Bowyer summed it up pretty nicely when he just said move on you get the three points and you move on you forget about it I mean I saw there was some anger on Twitter after the game yesterday people saying oh, if, we, if we can't put away a Bradford team like that what are we going to do in the playoffs? But then are people forgetting that not two weeks ago, three weeks ago, we completely outplayed Portsmouth, who are right up there as well. I mean, is one performance really, really that worried? Especially against a team that, with all due respect, I mean, we, we just about had to turn up and beat as well. So anything uh, you want to say about that? Are you worried about that performance or was it just a one-off? Email studio at charltonlive.co.uk. You can tweet us at Charlton Live, or you can head over to the Charlton Life forum. There's a thread on there. Terry, uh, just before we hear the highlights... Um, I mean, by tomorrow, I'm going to say Monday morning, I, I probably would have forgotten this game's happened. 
I think I've already done it. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I'd, the only thing I'd, I'd probably t- uh, take it to task on is that um, where you say it's a one-off because one, I don't think it is, mm. and two, I don't think it will be either. Uh, it, we play the type of uh, formation, I think, uh, that lends itself to oppositions being able to nullify us when when we're not quite at it. Or uh, I mean, they came with a game plan yesterday, um, Bradford, and and those the, t- the two wingers they had it was um, Hall and O'Brien, wasn't it? Uh, Ball and O'Brien, I beg your pardon. Um, looked looked threatening the whole game, certainly in that first half for sure, uh, because of the way we play, quite narrow way we play. It, it, they sort of exposed us to, in, in in the wide areas, and I think that we're going to have to get used to that. I think, uh, in, especially in the running, where teams are going to try and f- uh, figure us out, try and uh, um, you know the likes of Luton especially, but teams and, and down and teams that we've got to play that are down the bottom. By the way, you know you, you look at the likes of Rochdale, Gillingham to a lesser extent, Oxford. They're all going to try and play the same way. If you remember Oxford here. They did a similar thing. Hmm. Uh, Burton did a similar thing. You know, we're going to have to come up against teams who are going to do that to us. And so I think uh, we're going to see more of these scrappy games. And if we win every single one, 1-0 one, and play rubbish, I'll settle for that. Think about that running when we won the league under Chris Powell. Horrible 1-0 wins against Leighton Orient, against okay. exactly. Walsall. What's that? And I think next yeah. week's going to be the same. Plymouth are away. They're going to do exactly the same thing. Yeah, Looking forward to it already. Oh, absolutely. Excellent. Right, let's have a listen to the highlights of yesterday's game. It was uh, Greg Stubbley and, of course, Terry Smith over there on Valley Pass running us through the, uh, the fixture with Bradford City. Again, it's Reeves with it. Is he going to keep it away from the six-yard box? It does in this occasion. Bow with a header, but it's over the bar. But it's encouraging signs from Charlton that he got there in the first place. Just couldn't keep it there. Of Butterfield moving towards the corner of the penalty area. Back across now to O'Brien, who's made an overlap. Across the box, and Nabisar gets a touch, but straight to Butterfield. Takes a shot, blocks off of Arebo, and that'll be a Bradford corner. And Charlton a little sloppy there. To find Doyle, but uh, runs straight through to the Charlton penalty area. And Dylan Phillips, who rolls it out to... Naby Saw to his right is Bauer as Bradford drop back into their positions again. Bauer uses Naby Saw again to his left. Crossing the halfway line, Naby Saw into Bradford territory. Ball upfield, it's a good ball as well to Joe Arebo. Arebo cuts inside one. Little ball across, finds Taylor. Taylor with a sliding yes! pass! Come on! Oh, what a finish! That's a glorious finish from Lyle Taylor. It was an exquisite ball from Naby Saw to find Joe Arebo. He turned looked at his options Williams was there he let the ball run though Johnny Williams to Lyle Taylor who slid across and drilled the ball to the right hand side of Richard O'Donnell to give Charlton the lead well I talked about the need for the centre half to try and find a striker and Naby Sar looked to try and find Igor Fetakele and slightly misplayed his pass which actually worked out a really nice ball for Joe Aribo Aribo looked up to his right looked for the run of Taylor and Reeves made a crossfield run and Reeves uses initiative so well he realised that Taylor was behind him a lovely little dummy and Taylor on the stretch with a lovely finish past the goalkeeper O'Donnell who couldn't do anything about it diving to his right and Lyle Taylor who had celebrated his birthday yesterday and what a way to celebrate and opening the scoring for Charlton Cullen. little chip ball Taylor's Great drifted ball. away what from the ball. bar back across Fedegali oh it's a save from the keeper who got lucky with then the deflection off of O'Connor to grasp it at the second attempt ball, ball taking on Naby Sark Doyle makes another run into the box. Instead, it goes left to Butterfield, who's in space. Butterfield into the area. Dick still trying to stop him in uh, progress. Gets the ball across. Oh, and it's touched in by a ball. How that didn't go in the goal, I'm not sure. But it's away for a Charlton goalkeeper. Yes, he's got it. And Taylor gets hold of the ball for Charlton. Taylor with Vetter Kelly to his left. He's on a run here, Taylor. 
Fetakalinova cuts back inside on his right foot. Taylor goes for goal! Oh, my word! Nearly a fantastic goal from Lyle Taylor. And then oh, Lyle Taylor. Deflection. Charlton asking the questions, but referee sure. says a goal kick. Yeah. That was all about Lyle Taylor. Looks to try and take on Dick Still, holds him up. Lovely back heel finds O'Brien, and O'Brien oh. evades the challenge of Cullen. And Bradford have two players in the penalty area here. O'Brien, ball across goal. We'll find Butterfield, who controls. Butterfield with a chance. Oh, Great save, save Dylan Phillips. from Dylan Phillips, who also just pushes Patrick Bauer. Just wonder if Bauer got a touch on that. Short two ball out to the right and Caddis. Inside now to Butterfield. Bradford progressing quite nicely here as Butterfield out to the right and ball. Ball will look to try and take on Perrington. Cuts inside onto his left foot. Butterfield takes over. Out to the right and Caddis. Held up by Perrington. Cuts back inside onto his left foot. Ball into the box. Finds O'Brien. He touches it down. It's a wayward shot. Anderson heads towards Ball inside the penalty. Shot oh. comes back off the post. A great effort from David Ball. Deflection just took it to the post. I think there was a slight deflection as Charlton with a little bit sloppy defending there. In front of the scoreboard, swings it across. It's a deep one. Aribo's there, it's headed away by Anderson, but only as far as Fossu, edge of the penalty area. Right hand side, gets into the box. Fossu chip back across. Taylor's there. What a oh. shot! Oh! Spectacular effort, but it goes over the bar. That's a hell of an effort from Lyle Taylor. The ball from Fossu just deflected up, and it was a spectacular effort from Lyle Taylor. Yeah, it's not harmlessly over the bar in the end, but he couldn't really do much better. Bissar takes over from Bauer, goes further left. Lyle Taylor's come short on the left-hand side. Purrington's the furthest band forward currently. Taylor cuts inside his man, goes on a bit of a run cross-field. Further right is Joe Rebo. He's got Dick Steele on the right-hand side. Dick Steele. Taylor continues his run, but Dick Steele uses him as a decoy. Goes past Wood into the penalty area. Ball across the box. Oh, oh he got Vettikaley. Got there first, but he couldn't steer it goalwards, and it's just wide left for a goal kick. Right, it's ball forward, straight to a reboot. And that is the final whistle here at Charlton. It's uh, a strange, real strange, strange game. It's not been a classic by any means. There we go. I think Terry summing it up there when he says it's not been a classic uh, by any means. But as I said at the top of the show there, Terry, I mean, three points is three points. And I don't think anyone went home yesterday disappointed that we've got those three points or, or really worrying too much about the performance? You know, I think if um, if we were heading into uh, the last few games and goal difference was vital, you know, if, if we'd, let's say last season when we were heading towards the trying to get into that top six, I think it would have been slightly more important to dispatch a team like Bradford or a bottom three or four nil, just for A for the confidence, B for the uh, um, goal difference. But now I think it's just about carrying on winning, uh, scruffy as it might end up being, as I mentioned earlier, and I think it will be. I think we'll have a few more games like this. I think uh, winning is a habit. Uh, it, it's been said many times, and I think uh, if we can just carry on winning, and, and let's think on, all right, Bradford had their chances, and they did, especially in the first half. Um, but, you know, Lyle Taylor's miss, uh, Joe... Um, Igor Vitakeli's point blank shot to keep it saved. Mm-hmm. Uh, Taylor hit the post. Yeah. So, you know, it, those go in before they really have their best chances. Then, um, you know, we were, we could have been three, four nil up half time and done a dusted. Yeah, I mean, anyone who listened to Thursday's preview show where we had um, Simon Parker from the the Bradford Telegraph and Argus on was telling us that uh, apparently if, if Bradford go a goal down, they tend to just capitulate. And then I spoke to him after the game. He said, "Yeah, if that second one had gone in, they would have capitulated." I was like, "Well, come on." He said, "We only needed <laughs> one. one or two. Yeah, yeah but um, yeah. but yeah, I mean." If and we did have our chances to, to double that lead in that first half, and if it had, I really do think it could have been uh, quite a. a well, they'd have had conclusion. to come. In. They didn't yeah. change their shape once we scored the first one. They didn't change it at all in the hope that they could still catch us on the break. Two goals up is a huge difference to mm. that because then they'd have had to have come out at us because you know every almost 
every single time we had the ball, they had 11 men behind it. Yeah. You know, even Doyle was back helping out in defence. So, you know, it's a tough thing to crack. Uh, and it doesn't lend itself to good football at all. No, and of course, it's it's one of those, uh, when a team comes and shows you that sort of respect, in a way, that's a good thing because it shows that you've earned that respect over the course of the season. Of course, I mean, we have seen that f- a lot of times this season where teams would come and try and make it difficult for us. Um, we have more often than not gone on to beat them. Our home record is spectacular this season. That's 14 games at the Valley now uh, in the league unbeaten, which is just a remarkable record. Uh, it goes all the way back to the Coventry defeat in October. And if you try and you know, think back to how long ago that feels, I mean, you probably can't even remember the, 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 the details of it when you think about it. It was ages ago. We conceded last, uh, twice in the last 10 minutes. And it feels like a, a two or three seasons ago that yeah, because yeah. it shows how strong we are at home. Um, and, and like you say, Bradford... They're in a funny position. A lot of people have said perhaps in a false position in terms of the squad they've got, and they have got some good strikers. That Owen Doyle that, that's, that's been spoken about. Um, you know, we were linked with him last season. He was banging them in for Oldham at, at, at a point last season. They've got some good players, but clearly just not nothing's working for them this season. They, they've been through a lot of managerial changes, but they they, they came and under Gary Bayer they. They made, they did make it hard for us. They they looked all right defensively. I thought, yeah, other than obviously they fell asleep for our for our goal. I thought they 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 knew what their shape was and they stuck to it. I think the problem they've got is is the way they started. And I'll speak. I've got a, a friend in Bradford uh, who obviously follows it. And uh, uh, at the start of the season, there were a lot of big names, and they've got some good players. You, you just mentioned it, and, and I said earlier on, you know, the likes of Ball and O'Brien and Caddis on the right side as well were were troubling us, in, especially in that first half. So they have got good players. Uh, Butlerfield was quite uh, prominent in that first half as well um, but what they've done is because they uh, I, I don't know if it's egos I don't know if it's personalities what was the problem at the beginning apparently they're um, according to my brother friend they're comfortably well paid uh, <laughs> let's put it that way and so weren't overly bothered about um, performing I don't know if that's comparatively to everyone else in Bradford well yeah yeah, exactly <laughs> but uh, so the point is now that they're they're in they're in catch-up mode uh, there's that extra I don't know um Frustration. There's a you know you you start uh, being desperate for a win, desperate for a goal, and and that uh, that then lends itself to not performing very well. I think so. I think um, you know they find themselves in this position despite having good players, having to chase games all the time, uh, and that must wear them down. Hmm. Uh, when, when teams do come and sit back, though, we do know that we we have got players within our team to turn it on for that one split second that's gonna gonna force a goal. And like I say, more often than not, that that does happen. And we saw it yesterday. Sars ball out to Aribo, and uh, it, yeah, I, I thought the same as you. I thought it was slipping it into it was. Uh, Reeves, I thought it was Johnny Williams. Yeah, but it was Ben Reeves. It was Reeves <laughs> inside the area. And my initial reaction was, oh, he's misplaced that pass. But then you see, you know, you're almost shocked to see Lyle Taylor in so much room because I mean, surely on when 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 Gary Bay is sitting down to do his game plan with no one rushing him um i'm sure i'm sure he's sitting there um he's sitting there um number one point is right don't leave lyle taylor unmarked at any point because he'll, he'll do what he did uh, for some reason i mean first off he was doing it a lot he was appealing away from uh, one of the uh, uh, o'connors because there was two of them at the bank yeah. that wasn't confusing at all uh and he was finding space on that right side he was he was always peeling off that that center half and uh Naby Sol, I mean, he, how many crossfield balls did he ping uh, in that direction? He loves so, it, doesn't he? So he loves a crossfield some, When they come off, they're brilliant. Uh, second half, Lyle stopped doing it. I don't know why. He just he switched sides almost and, and started uh, appearing on the left side. And we weren't nearly as effective. But in the first half, 
Um, it, he, was, he was probably our, you know, our best outlet, our best player, which is not a surprise, of course. Hmm. Yeah, certainly. Um, and, and the finish from Taylor, 18 oh. now for the season. Um, it, should, it, should, it should be on 2021 20, by now after, after the game he had yesterday. And we will talk about that miss because it was such a shocker. Um, but it was a great finish. And that, you know, that's what he's paid to do. And that's what he's done consistently this season. You know, don't forget that run where he had, I mean, it sounds ridiculous, five games without a goal. I mean, I, I would be delighted if, if some of our strikers of years gone by only took five games to score a goal. But he went five games without a goal that actually lasted two months because of his suspension and, and, and the lack of games we had in that time. But I mean, clearly that, that monkey's off his back now and he's, he's back to his very best. And considering he is now having to do that without his mate Carlin, it showed, you know, that, that would have knocked his confidence. But he is finally starting to, you know, hit, hit, hit the ground running again. And, and that's going to be so vital in the playoffs. So you think this time last year, what was our front our front two, McGuinness and Ajose? And they were never, never prolific at this club. I mean, McGuinness got some, Ajose got very few, but you don't want to be going into a playoffs thinking, right, you know, Fosu was a bit injured. Our, last season, we, we, we weren't a goal threat towards the end of the season as much as we, we, we could have been. Agreed. Um, and I think, uh, of course, losing Carlin Grant's a blow, a huge blow to us. Uh, and because when Taylor didn't score, Grant did and vice versa. Uh, because they were both so threatening. Uh, I think Igor just started yesterday to look like he was getting on the end and starting to understand the partnership with, with Lyle because uh, there are a few of those drill crosses that Lyle Taylor put across that uh, normally if Carlin Grant was there, you would have expected him to finish earlier on in the season. Uh, well, Igor's just beginning to get on the end of him now. Keeper stopped him once uh, and he and he missed. He was just missed it by a couple of inches uh, for another one. So it's just beginning to form. That could be good as we as we head into the end of the season. If that can click, that'd be great. Mm. Uh, I think that Lyle Taylor finish, um, I, I can't emphasise enough how, how I think that, how exquisite that was for me because yeah. sliding, it wasn't It wasn't as if it was, he, he, you know, he was standing still and could just plant it. He had to slide into it and still control the ball past the keeper. I thought it was exceptional. It's quite a tight angle as well, which, uh, yeah, which uh, you didn't quite realise until I watched it back quite how tight that, that angle was. And yeah, great to see uh, Lyle Taylor uh, back, back on the score sheet once again, as he has been so often um, throughout this season. It's the three-yard tappings he's got to sort out. Yeah, yeah. well, exactly. I mean, let's talk about that, because that is next on my list. So, uh, Johnny Williams. I mean, we, we've been calling for, for Johnny uh, to, to start pitching up with a few more assists, and he's done that over the last few weeks, whether they've led directly to goals or not, but he's started laying more chances on a plate for his teammates. And, I mean... How, how on earth did Lyle... Because I would have put my mortgage on that. Funnily enough, actually, I, 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 this morning I got a, a, a notification on Twitter from some football betting site, like a tipping site. You get these things on Twitter where people tip, uh, you know, do Charlton minus, minus two, so okay. if, or Charlton minus one even. So this um, whatever this tipping site had done Charlton minus one, so they needed us to win by two goals. And uh, they found my tweet about Lyle Taylor's miss and they were like, what is this? Because <laughs> he obviously ruined their bet. Because, I mean, on... You would have you would have put your on it's Mother's Day. You would have put your mum on scoring that. If you'd have if you'd have freeze framed the second that it arrived at Lyle Taylor's boot and just froze it and said, right, what are you going to bet on hit or miss? There there would have been very very few, if any, would have backed on him hitting the the, the top end of the cupboard. You just you just would have put as you say, put your mortgage on. Amy said it nearly hit her actually. (laughs) She sits right at the back of the cupboard end, uh, lower. So I mean, yeah, it It was was, almost too easy. I think that might have been the reason. Yeah, it was it was a a crazy one. I mean, and it was um, I mean, not before that he'd already hit the post as well. We'd had that you know it was a great slaloming run where he then decided to now that would have been the goal of the season. Yeah, but it was it was was a weird one because it seemed like he had to keep going because there wasn't 
quite the out ball. Yeah. And he got a little bit frustrated to final. It's going to finesse this into the far corner. It's just come off the, the outside of the post. Actually, and Greg called it. It was very similar to the one he actually scored at Bradford in, in, yeah, the, in the game yeah. up there. Yeah, not not a bad shout, actually. Yeah, of course, that was a, an important goal away at Bradford where we were 1-0 up with about 10 minutes left to go and he uh, curled it into the top corner. So, yeah, sim- similar effort. It was so close. But, yeah, I mean, that miss. Um, it is one of those ones where I'm sure we'll be pleased that we didn't draw. It was harder to yeah. miss than score. That 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 mm. you know, and people say that as a joke, but mm. you'd have had to if you if you put the ball on on where that where he hit it, which was just inside the six yard box, I think, or at least there or thereabouts. If you tried to chip it over the bar, you'd, you'd sort of nine times out of ten you'd score. Yeah, I mean the guy who done crossbar challenge yesterday, he would have scored that, <laughs> and he's crossbar oh, no. challenge. It still might have gone wide. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. If anyone, yeah, if anyone stayed put at half time yesterday, would have seen the crossbar challenge was the most disgraceful one I've ever seen. It was quality and yeah. ineptitude. Yeah, it? it was bizarre. The guy, the guy looked like he came on all suited and booted for it as well. He came, he came in shorts and everything, <laughs> trainers. Yeah, he was fully, yeah. fully equipped. Yeah, lined up, and then the ball literally didn't leave the ground. It went wide of the goal, and then he's mate jumped out of the crowd to kick it back in and then he hit Brian it was very funny um, interest so we mentioned obviously that the Carlin's gone now as we well know um, so the question of who is going to be Taylor's partner has been one that's been quite interesting but it seems to me that Igor is now being preferred to Josh Parker uh, we've seen him start the last couple for me I, I think I prefer Igor as well just because I think his finishing clearly isn't where it used to be, but I I, f- I think there's little glimpses of movement. Yeah, and I of, think that's yeah. the you, that's the word the, and the key word you've just used movement. I think uh, Igor being being in, alongside uh, Lyle Taylor just gives Lyle Taylor that space because Igor will make those runs into the corners, will make uh, runs that stretches defenders away uh, to to leave Tyler, uh, Lyle Taylor one on one. So um, I think he's the closest thing to the partnership with Carlin uh, Grant that we had. Uh, with uh, with the, with Colin and, and Lyle, so I think at the moment at least it has to be Lyle. I think you know I think hopefully Josh Parker is the sort of player that come on if we're uh, if it's nil nil with this you know and there's a set piece because yeah. uh, we know how good he's in the air. So as a different option if we if we have to mix it up. Do you think um, Igor will ever recover that sh- that finishing form that he had uh, when he was first here four years ago? Because you forget he had what eight or nine goals in the first yeah, half of the season, and you know he he was a good finisher. I don't I can't understand why it's gone so far well, off the boil. Personally, I think it's about um, that's speed of movement in that vital um, second or split second where you have to make a decision between uh, shooting, taking it on, dribbling, whatever. And the injury he had. I don't know if you ever saw the. Um, uh, Documentary on um, the ex England player who commentates for BT. Uh, lost Owen Hargreaves? Owen, uh, no, Owen, Michael Owen. Michael Owen. Um, so where he said that, because um, he had a very similar, the torn hamstring thing. Um, re- recovering from that, uh, sometimes the hamstring doesn't detach itself back correctly, so you, it, it becomes slightly tighter, so you lose that flexibility in the hamstring, so you're not as quick. And secondly, in your mind, you're worried about it going again. Mm. So there is that, and and when you're a goal scorer, I guess you know where Igor got a lot of his goals was that just that speed of thought and speed of movement ahead of the defender. And if he hasn't got that for either mentally or physically, then he's going to lose that ability to score as many goals. I think he'll still score uh, because he's you know that yesterday uh, the keeper was in the right place. You can applaud the keeper for that. Could uh, Igor have touched it the other either side of him? Possibly, but uh, it was a split second decision. So he's getting in, still getting into the areas. 
Um, so I still think he'll score goals, but whether he'll be as prolific, I'm not so sure. Mm. I hope so. I really hope he gets it back. Because as you say, we saw him, we saw him twice there, getting to, one, one in either half getting towards the near post when a cross was coming in, uh, I think both from Taylor actually, yeah. where, uh, where he was unlucky. I thought the one in the second half, it looked to me, it might have come off the defender actually, and I thought it might have been a corner, but uh, the, the goal kick um, was, was, was given there. Um, the other change, obviously, one, one of the other changes at the back is I don't know if we did. I expected it. I think was was Saar coming back in uh, for 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 Pearce. Um, obviously, Jason Pearce came in and started against Bristol Rovers just before the international break. But Saar had been playing so well, and you know, Boya stuck to his word and said it was just a resting situation um, and giving him a couple of weeks off. I think it's good to see as well, uh, and you've got to applaud Lee Boya for that. And I think it's also, I mean, and people also say, oh, they're professionals; they should be able to play in any conditions. I don't know whether the conditions down at Bristol may have affected Lee Boya's decision on whether to play Naby or not. Uh, you know, it was a horrible windy day. It was raining. The pitch was going to be cutting up and slippery. You'd, and so maybe he just thought it'd be a, a lot more of a war uh, at Bristol rather than uh, today or yesterday, rather, um, where you know playing the ball on the floor was was more of a more of an option uh, and easier to do. And, and Naby Sar, as we saw, those pinging those balls across, and he's he's quicker across the ground in, in good conditions. Uh, and um, the two Bradford lads are considerably quicker than yeah. the Bristol one. So. I, I, I think resting is, is 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 fine, but I wonder if there's a little bit more to it than that. Mm. Just you know, just the resting thing. Yeah. Um. I, I mean, you mentioned there the pace that Bradford had on on the counter, in particular. We saw it a couple of times. I mean, that's the way we were playing in the first half of the season. Uh, we'll remember that that home game against Barnsley, in particular, where we scored twice uh, with with some lightning breaks, and we, we we were a little bit susceptible to it yesterday. I mean, is that a worry? Is I mean, in the end, we didn't concede goals from it, so in the end, we did enough to not do so. But I guess against against a better side, that might have. Cost us in a little. In it's a possible, little way. Yeah, yeah, possibly right. I think um, it's something we have to look at. I think the way we play with that sort of narrow diamond formation, are uh, we don't have the um, the wide midfield players as such. You know, in the in the way we used to have our um, our left and right backs drift forward without actually bombing forward, but they drift forward, and so they're uh, often caught out. Uh, if the move breaks down, so um, I think uh, yeah, you're possibly right. You know, the, and I think that's why we got hurt so badly at Barnsley. Because they hit us like lightning in that first half. Second half, it wasn't so bad because we, we adjusted stuff. But the first half, they absolutely ripped us apart in the first, I think, 20 minutes, wasn't it? And they mm. uh, they could have had four in that period uh, because they're that type of side. So if we come up against, if we have to play Barnsley, for example, if they drop out of the play, into the playoffs and we have to play them, then we are certainly going to have to change or certainly have to have, uh, adapt. Yeah, certainly. Um, in terms of uh, the, the, uh, the midfield, I mean, we, we, we've obviously been talking about Arebo, but obviously uh, Williams as well, who who did come in to speak yesterday, coming back from injury. It's good to see that he he was able to play an hour. It was nothing. He didn't get taken off for any any bad reasons. Purely because he's he's had an hour. Um, what were you thinking about Johnny Williams? I thought we saw the best and worst of him yesterday, didn't yeah. we? Um, you know, clearly he's, he's he's still got to get um, get his fitness back back up to speed. But the, uh, the the Johnny Williams that got into the box and cut that ball back for Lyle Taylor is the one that uh, we expect to see. Uh, and uh, he made a, a you know a few runs like that and got into good positions, but then the other Johnny Williams who who had the ball at his feet was bombing on, and we had uh, players to the right. I think it was Joe Rebo, but uh, I could be wrong. Away on the right hand side, it was um, halfway during the first half, I think, uh, and he got caught on the ball because that decision making just wasn't there. You know, he, he wanted to carry at his feet, he wanted to take defender on, but Joe Rebo was clear away on the, on the right hand side. I'm sure it was, mm. and he failed to pick him out. 
and and I think that's the you know that's the frustrating side of Johnny Williams at, yeah. uh, at the moment anyway. And that maybe that's just down to you know getting his his um, physical condition back up to speed. I don't know, but um, so. You know, I can, I can see where some people get frustrated with him, but on the other end, I think he's a quality player as well. Yeah, certainly. It's, 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 it'd be interesting to see what happens with him next season. We'll talk about that later. As we, after we talked about Gary Bayer interrupting my interview with him, <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about what he actually said as well, because I thought it was uh, reasonably interesting. I mean, he was, he was taken off after the hour, like I say, purely purely just because he's just getting his feet back under the table. Um, Fosu came on again. I mean, there was someone behind me where I was sat in the crowd yesterday was not enjoying Fosu's performance. And <laughs> yeah, I heard he, him. Yeah, the, the frustration. <laughs> Frustration. I mean, because we know how good he, he can be. Um, obviously, it's, it doesn't help. It doesn't help that he's getting cameo appearances now. He needs a run of games. But having said that, he had a run of games and he didn't really hit those heights. I mean, we saw it. We saw it. We've seen a couple of decent games for him. I don't know why. Why is no, not think, being the same? I think you have to bear in mind that um, the way the opposition were playing against us. So you know, picking our way through a very tight, what was uh, effectively uh, a nine-man wall. Um, you, apart from the goalkeeper and then the uh, the striker uh, Owen Doyle, who still came back and helped out, but so finding space for the you know for Tariq, for the likes of Tariq Foster, even uh, Ben Reeves and and Johnny Williams, finding that space and Joe Rebo. I don't think Joe Rebo was his most effective yesterday, uh, but the start you know the good thing about Joe Rebo uh, and the goal proves it that even in tight spaces, every now and again he'll pick out uh, a pass or he'll do something that changes games or potentially can change games. Uh, and Tariq, I think, struggled to find that room, find find the ability to uh, to, to pick out a, a fellow red shirt. Or and I think Ben Reeves suffered as well in a similar similar way, and Johnny Williams. So I think you have to take into account, I think, the the opposition we were playing against and the way they played against us, as yeah. well, as well as I agree with you, by the way, yeah. that I don't think we've seen the best of, of Tariq for a while. But I think uh, you have yesterday you have to take into account. The, the the opposition and and the way they were playing against us. Now, one player who's been going under the radar the last couple of weeks, I think, but has been performing uh, pretty well, uh, Anthony Dick Steele, uh, away at Bristol Rovers in particular. He was, I thought, it was really good. But um, yeah, again yesterday, I didn't see. Uh, too many issues. Maybe we got caught out a couple of times, like I say, on the on the break. But we were pushing forward at the time. So, but there were a couple of times where uh, he got caught out and still made it back and and made some uh, important uh, tackles. And, and there was one particular uh, diving block. Um, I'm not sure it was again. It might have been Owen Doyle. It might have been Ball. But um, he's he's grown uh, every game. He grows for me. I mean, he made a couple of mistakes yesterday, and you, you know, he's, he's certainly not the finished article or perfect. There were there are times when he gets into br- what I was saying on comms yesterday, and I think one of the reasons we we um, we we struggled a little bit yesterday is when the balls went wide either to Purrington uh, but especially to Anthony Dixdale was that he seemed reluctant to hit the ball first time cross it first time because he was being allowed space I think it was O'Brien was in front of him and then Caddis behind him <clears throat> they were leaving him enough space to either attack them down the wide which he really hasn't got <coughs> excuse me the um, the lightning pace to be able to do that or cross the ball first time and he, I don't think he did it once. He mm. took a touch, and as soon as he takes a touch, they were all over him. I'd like to see him <clears throat> just practice or or somehow just get that ball instantly into the box, straight away. Uh, worst thing's going to happen, the keeper might save it, we might get a corner, but it's better than just losing it in the corner and then being susceptible to the break. So that, I think, <clears throat> for me, was my only disappointment yesterday. Yeah, Anthony. yeah certainly. Um, so one question, something I asked Johnny actually yesterday, um, the position we're in, so 12-point gap now, as I said, down to Peterborough. I mean, the pressure is off for the next... the seven games left of the of the normal season. I mean, Bayer Bo, said himself he wants he wants us to go into that last two games with a chance of, of that top two. But even if... I mean, even if we don't, I mean, 
unless there's an absolute disaster now between now and the end of the season, which I'm touching wood, don't worry, it's fine. I mean, we're, we're going to be in the playoffs. So are we sort of having a weird mini pre-season run-up to the playoffs now? I mean... I don't feel under any pressure coming. Do you remember the end of last season where we, you know, with even with three games left to go, it was touch and go whether we were going to get in there. Um, this season is completely different. It'd be interesting to see how that affects us for the next seven games, and then how that affects us going into the playoffs, having not really had to worry about. I agree, and I th- yeah. but I think, um, and uh, you'll hear in a minute. I actually asked the question to to Lee Bowyer. It's, one, it's one, probably one of the bravest questions I've ever asked. Mm-hmm. Uh, almost knowing the response I was going to get, though, uh, was it a that, punch in the face? Well, no, <laughs> it's about complacency, yeah. and and uh, is that our only? Uh, is is that you know our biggest problem now? Is we are relatively comfortable in the playoffs. If if we are still in the hunt for the top two, then that won't that won't be an issue. But if, if we get to a point where we're comfortable, we can lose the next four games and still be in the playoffs. I don't want to go into the playoffs on a four-match uh, losing streak, and I don't think anybody would, because it, it's all about momentum and confidence, etc. And once you get into that you know, mindset of losing, it's difficult to come out of it. So, um, <clears throat> you know, I think Lee Bowie will want the same running as he had uh, last season uh, in, the, in the last sort of 10 games. In you know the difference being, of course, is you know when we hit the the playoffs last time, we were almost decimated with injuries. We had to pay players who weren't fit. I'm not sure that's going to be the case this season because we, you know if anything, actually, you got Christian Billick coming back in for the last few games, and he might even rest him Saturday because he's got another game Tuesday. Yeah, um, absolutely got, no rush, is it? You know, we mentioned you, you mentioned before, and he's almost been forgotten as Lewis Page uh, because everybody's got their eye on Jake Forstakowski. Will he be back? So potentially, we'll have absolutely no injuries to the squad by the time we hit the playoffs, and that's something that's uh, that could be really important. Yeah. Q explosion at the training ground tomorrow now because <laughs> yeah, Terry exactly, said yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> right. My fault. Yeah, Sorry. I want to hear what Lee Bayer had to say. I also want to hear what you guys made of yesterday's uh, performance. Do you worry too much about the fact it wasn't the most polished display? Do you just think it's just one of those days we've got the three points? Um, do you, I mean, does, does it give you anything to worry about as, as we uh, as we approach the playoffs towards the end of the season? I also want to know, I mean, we will have this discussion after we hear from Bayer because because uh, Terry's gone and done the research about the running. I mean, is there this outside chance that we can get into that top two? And I mean, it's an outside, outside chance, but stranger things have happened in football. Um, do you think it is possible? We'll, we'll have that discussion after as well, but let us know what you think. Don't forget, email studio at charltonlive.co.uk. You can tweet us at charltonlive. You can head over to the Charlton Life Forum. There's a thread on there for tonight's show. I want to know everything you made about yesterday's performance. Now, of course, uh, Bayer uh, came in to speak to Lee Bayer, of course. There was a battle of the Bowyers yesterday. One of them's nice and one of them's a dickhead who uh, interrupts my um, interrupts my uh, my match my press conferences with uh, with Johnny Williams but we spoke to the nice one uh, Terry in particular uh, spoke to the nice one and Lee Bayer said that it doesn't matter how the performance goes at this stage of the season the three points are the only thing that matter yeah three points most important thing move on <laughs> I think it's as simple as that uh, this time of the season that's all that matters points on the board um, obviously Barnsley dropping Points today is brought them a little bit closer. Sunderland have got to play up here ten games in a month. That's not going to be easy. So um, yeah, all we can do is concentrate on us. Keep trying to win games, which we do every game. I, I believe that we can win our next seven. I honestly do. It's going to be hard. Every game's going to be hard. Each one's going to be a different challenge, but. I believe in, in, in the players that we have and with the fans behind us 
It was excellent again today. And with them behind us, I think we're, we're definitely capable of, of winning the next seven. Will we? I don't know. But I, I believe that we can. Was it a case of uh, we got the first goal? Bradford didn't really change their shape. Uh, the second goal would have been the one that did it. Uh, I mean, we're not going to talk about last week. It's mysterious because because uh, he obviously scored the one goal. But uh, would that have settled us down just a little bit more to enable us to uh, to open them up? Because you've got to give Bradford some credit in the way they played against us. Yeah, they came here. They had a game plan, and they they made it difficult for us. They were just compact, um, but we're always going to create chances if you sit there and, and just let us pass the ball right? we're going to create and like Lyle could have had four like it, on another day he does score four as well because he, he's a great finisher so the second the, the, the chance where he hit over the bar that ain't like him he scored one exactly the same yesterday in training so the, the scissor kick seeing him score all the time in training the one where he hit the post unlucky you know like on another day so you can't, well, teams do that. They come in, they think, oh, we'll sit there. But but to be fair to Bradford, they've done well. They they hit us on the break a couple of times, well, a few times. And um, it causes us the, the odd problem here and there. But but for me, I think we were always in control. And we, the only thing that disappointed me today is that we went into, like, we got sloppy and in, in, in the final third at times. And, and we give them the opportunity to, to, to break on us. So I think we was always in control of the game. Like we, we had so much of the possession, I thought at times. So um, yeah, but most important thing: three points to move on. Is that going to be an issue going forward? Because at times, as you say, we, we look very comfortable <clears throat> out there for for a fair proportion of the of the game. Is complacency uh, the the biggest risk for us now? No, no, because I won't let that happen. Um, I think if if they would have scored, I think we'd have gone on and scored again. So um, the most important thing for me is that they kept the ball for, for a good part of it. They didn't try and force it too many times because there's no point just going back to front. We, we're, we're not that team. So, But they kept it and they kept making Bradford run and I, I just thought we was in control. Like there's not, I, I wasn't worried at any stage. So, um, But no, we won't, we won't get complacent for sure. Because we we'll be in next week and 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 I'll be telling them. One of the uh, things that was especially in the first half was good to see was uh, the partnership between Igor and uh, and Lyle Taylor, uh, sort of gelling in the same way that Colin and Igor and uh, and Lyle did at the beginning of the season. A um, couple of drill crosses and only fraction of an inch out. The first one with Igor just uh, just turned wrong side of the post and then just failing to get on the end of of a couple as well. It's but it's it's getting there. Yeah, I have to say that's the best Igor's played since I've been in charge. He looks sharper, fitter, works really, really hard. Um, I just want something to fall for him, you know, and, and like in a good area or, or get to one of them that he's gambling across in there. Like just get there, just, just needs a bit of luck, you know. It's just not really falling for him. But but I'm I'm happy with the way that they linked up at times. I thought Lowell was very good. I thought he, he, he was very good, but he. he Worked hard also. Put some great balls in. Obviously scored the goal. But yeah, I thought it was a good goal as well. I thought we worked it well. But yeah, I thought um, Eagle, very good today. You mentioned it in passing just now, but um, 
the win and Barnsley dropping two points. If we get a win, our game in end puts us just six points. I think uh, a drift of Barnsley that starts putting pressure on on them, and their running is well, nobody's running is going to be seen as easy. Uh, so it just starts putting pressure, and, and that's what you want, isn't it? I mean, uh, people probably fans are saying, well, we're playoffs, are, you know, we're there, but you still got your eye on the top two for sure. Um, like I've said to the players, that like I've just said just now, I believe we can win all seven. I think it's a big ask for two teams to have a bad running, and that's what we need. We need Sunderland and and Barnsley because don't forget, Sunderland have got games in hand. Um, but if they do, then we have to be there ready. So I'd love to have two games to go, and we're in touching distance of two, three points. I'd love that last two games because I I think we'd catch them. Again, these are, we're just guessing, and, and these are things that are out of our hand, uh, out of our hands. And, and what we can do is just keep working hard and, and win games. And then, if if that is the, the situation that we find ourselves in, then great. Are we looking at, uh, and you particularly looking at the sort of run that you had when you came and joined us uh, as manager last year? We go to the end of the season in in good form, on a run, on a with a positive. Uh, points right up to that point even if we are in the playoffs uh, and then hit the playoffs in a much better condition than we did last time yeah yeah I just want to win games I want to win every game because if the two above us Barnsley and Sunderland they, if they do mess up then we, we have to be there and um, that's that's what I'm going to keep doing I'm just going to keep pushing and pushing and pushing and, and trying to win every game Plymouth going to be tough they're, they're a good side at home Um and, and obviously, it's going to be difficult, right? But we can go there and win. Like, I believe that. So everything's in our hands, I think, apart from the two above dropping points. But I think we can win the seven. I, I do. I honestly do. So then we'll, we'll see where we are. You'll have a chance, uh, potentially, of Christian Billick back in, uh, in in contention for the Plymouth game. But are you tempted to let him recover fully and, and have him... Even fresher for for the running, uh, bearing in mind we've got cover. Uh, yeah, I have to see what sort of state he is in Wednesday, Thursday. Um, I'm going to take no unnecessary risks with him. There's no point. We've got Josh Cullen that can do his job, and um, yeah, I'll have to look at the bigger picture. But if he's fine, then then, then we'll see. But obviously, we've got the Wickham game on the Tuesday night. Straight after that, so. Might be a case of saving him for the Tuesday. Well, they, the, that'll be the only thick and fast game that we'll have, uh, apart from in the Easter Bank holiday, uh, where you've got two games fairly close together. Um, so you're going to need your, your squad for those that particular period. Um, but uh, as you say, three points today, three points uh, in the rest of the game. Don't matter you get them, as long as you get them. Yeah, one nil is the best result. You've got a clean sheet and you've got three points on the board. So perfect. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Switch across the left-hand side and Perrington's a good one. But it looks okay for the time being. Perrington looking to try and oh, look to take on Thompson. Instead goes back inside to Cullen. Needs a little bit of support. He turns. Works a bit of space for a cross. Cullen ball into the box. Finds Arebo. Arebo. Arebo! One Joe Arebo! Arebo with a Superb goal. turn inside the penalty area. His shot went across the face of goal. And McGilvery didn't even go for any areas. Passed him. And into the back of the net. And Charlton just before half-time at the lead. Welcome back, it's Charlton Live here on your Sunday evening on uh, Maritime Radio. Don't forget Maritime Radio is going back fully live soon, or possibly already actually. It's uh, yeah, playing all the music and whatnot. Um, so yeah, keep an eye out for that. Lebo, you're there? Um, perfectly happy with uh, to, to take the point and move on. Take happy the three to get through it, I think. No, yeah. <laughs> especially, I think, um, because I'm sure during that game he, he probably puffed his cheeks out a few times because Bradford came close a few times, especially in that first half. Yeah. Uh, and even at the post in the second, although it was a bit more streaky in effort. But <clears throat> yeah, I think it's one of those where, um, yeah, okay, it wasn't great. We got through it. We got three points. Let's uh, let's forget about it and move on, mm. which, um, which pretty much everybody's uh, thinking the same way. Mm. Now, I just saw an interesting tweet. Uh, Reese pointed out that yesterday's result uh, leaves us on 70 points um, last season we got 71 points in the entire season so we're just one point away already from uh, uh, equaling last season's points total so I, I went on to, to a website so you can look up where if we had this amount of points this time last season we'd actually only be fourth anyway we'd only be one point higher because the, the top three really ran away with it last year Wigan, Blackburn and, and that weird season that Shrewsbury had as well um, but I mean it shows the I mean it, as Reese says in his tweet I mean you never ever Ever at the start of the season, when we had five subs and George Lapsley starting up at Sunderland and, and you know kids in the team, there's no way on God's earth that you would have thought that we would be surpassing last season's total this season and doing it with with seven games to go. I agree, hundred percent. I agree. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, we're we're if you're going to talk about luck, I don't know if luck's necessarily the right word, but if you look at the the league table, um, nobody would have necessarily expected Luton to be up there. Barnsley, you probably would have done just down from the championship uh, Portsmouth almost certainly Sunderland almost certainly uh, Peterborough were the early season uh, potential favourites so it was going to, always going to be a quite strong top six or seven side, uh, sides in the division anyway uh, Luton being the surprise package I guess uh, to a lesser extent perhaps Blackpool uh, and Coventry but um, you know for us to uh, if we have the same run in uh, and, and obviously Lou Bowie was targeting winning every single game of course he would you know, if we win every single game, I think, you know, now it now it looks a stretch. You know, you look at uh, where Barnsley are, they're uh, nine points ahead of us. Um, we've got a game in hand, or it could be six points. But um, you start, you know, they drop another couple of uh, games, points uh, in the next couple. They've got uh, Burton Albion away and Fleetwood at home next two games. If they if they drop 
even one, you know, if they lose one of those games, then certainly, and we win the next two, suddenly we're only three points behind, and the same, and then then they can't slip up then because no. you know if we're winning, they cannot slip up, and so the pressure's on, you know, and it sounds ridiculous, you know, but but actually. You know, when you look at the, some of the results in this division that have gone through the season, you know, we've dropped points where you think, how on earth did we do that? How, you know, you wouldn't have uh, expected Barnsley to drop points against Coventry. For sure you wouldn't, mm. uh, the way they play. So, you know, it's, uh, and I'm, uh, I am clutching the straws, I'll give you that. But, <laughs> but it's, um, you know, it's, it's a mentality you've got to have, I think. And, and that's certainly, by the sounds of it, it's the mentality Lee Bowyer's got. And you mentioned as well, Sunderland now, they have to play... Mid-week, Twice a week, every, every week, week. Yeah. and that and that will take its toll on on the team. And like I say, that that heartbreak in the checker trade that will knock their confidence a little bit as well. I and in fact, if you look over the Easter period, they've got they've got Wednesday, they've got Accrington Stanley away. Now you expect them to win that, uh, but on the back of just losing on in penalties again to in uh, Wembley, who knows? Uh, then they've got Rochdale away on Saturday again. Rochdale down down there and dusted. You'd expect them to to win that. Uh, but then uh, the following Tuesday they've got Burton Albion. Then the Saturday they've got Coventry. Then the following Friday, Doncaster, and then Monday, Peterborough. You know, and then I think, and then the following uh, week after that, uh, Saturday, they got Portsmouth. So those that four game period, Coventry, Doncaster, Peterborough, and Portsmouth, could be the key for Sunderland, mm. uh, whether or not they can achieve it or not. Um, and four games in quick succession against top league opposition. You know, all of those teams are there or thereabouts. And actually, if you include Coventry, who are there or thereabouts, really, that's uh, that you can extend that to five. Yeah. That's that's a tough ask. Yeah, and in a way, we're all forgetting about Portsmouth as well, who are above us, um, with uh, no games in hand, but with a uh, four points more than us as well. Yeah, I think out of all of them now, especially after today's result, Portsmouth at Wembley, you know, winning that, the the, the lift that that might give them because they have had this horrible run, haven't they? I think they, I mean, they got a couple of results recently, but well, they got Wickham away next Saturday. Uh, then they've got Rochdale at home. So they're, they're two. You'd expect them to win both of those games. But then again, they've got Burton, Coventry, Sunderland, Peterborough, and then the final game at Accrington Stanley, which you would expect them to win. But there's that four-game stretch in between those two, which are all quite tough. Now, you know, you look at ours, and <clears throat> Luton is, is the tough one. But outside of that, you've, you've got Plymouth away next week, Wickham, uh, Oxford, Scunthorpe, Gillingham and Rochdale. Every single one of those teams in that weird, massive relegation battle. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. um, now that means it might. That's why I said earlier, we might end up all seven of those games being scruffy. We might sneak them one nil. I'll settle for that all day, every day, mm. because you know, if, as Lee Bowie said, we're going into the last two games of the season where we've got to play Gillingham and Rochdale uh, with a shout of potentially uh, getting into that uh, top two spots. So, you know, forget top, uh, Luton are too too far away. Uh, Barnsley have got to play Blackpool and Bristol. Uh, Portsmouth have got to play uh, Peterborough and Accrington Stanley. Sunderland have got to play Fleetwood and Southend. Uh, and Doncaster, you wouldn't ex- you wouldn't necessarily include them anyway, but they've got to play Oxford and Coventry. If we're in with a shout uh, in the last two games of the season, you know they're both winnable games and uh, pressure's on the others. Well, exciting running. It'll be uh, we'll look very silly when we lose at Plymouth. Well, you know, that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, this is Charlton we're talking yeah. about. <laughs> <laughs> well, here we go. Let's have a look at some of the the tweets that started coming in uh, yesterday. Uh, Paul Griffiths, who I I was very happy to meet outside the club shop actually yesterday, just uh, walking past. Said uh, it was just home from the valley. It was a game of two halves. Charlton were fab in the first half, and all that sea in the second. They were lucky to win. Uh, Bradford were far better. 
than their league uh, positions suggested. Yeah, I was, I was surprised with Bradford. They were better than what I was expecting. You, when, when a team comes to the, you know, uh, fr- uh, to the Valley who are bottom of the league, you expect them just to be a bunch of idiots, basically. But they, they weren't awful. And, and the new manager probably helps. He's not, you know, despite my, uh, <laughs> despite what I called him earlier, he's not a bad <laughs> manager, is he? Like well, Gary, they, you know, they had, they had the new manager bounce almost straight away. I think they tonked Peterborough three-one, wasn't it? Uh, mm. Almost immediately, but then. Uh, um, came crashing back down to earth very shortly afterwards. Yeah. I mean, it, it looks like it's one of those situations where it probably is, you know, th- there's no way they can recover from it now. But, I mean, I noticed during the week that, that it sounds like Gary Bay is going to sign a new contract. And when that news w- was put out there, the Bradford fans were happy. So, clearly, they've seen some sort of improvement since uh, since he's come in. And, uh, and, and they're happy with it. Right, Nabi Sar FC says, We were sloppy, but Lyle and Nabi destroyed them. Uh, should have had three or four goals. The atmosphere uh, was off. Yeah, I mean, it is one of those ones where even with the... Yeah, the the fairly boring second half, the fairly tame second half. I mean, it's easy to forget that we did have those chances, and we could easily have won that three four. Yeah, I think if we'd have, if we'd have gone two 0 up, I think the atmosphere would have would have um, would have raised a notch. But the fact that um, we didn't get that, and people are a bit on edge. Oh, this is Bradford; we should be beating them. And uh, you know, if we don't beat these, then maybe we might even uh, have pressure on us from Doncaster because you know we'd be only on four points above them by the time and then uh, you got Peterborough hunting as well you know people start there's that nagging doubt in your mind are we even going to make the play so I get it you know and, and you know especially towards the end of the season people are going to be nag- uh, anxious and nervous but if we go on that run and uh, we start and that's another point by the way we start getting closer to, to the top uh, positions uh, and looking like it's not impossible then I think the crowd can play a huge part uh, and forget the nerves just get behind mm. I know it's tough because we're all nervous um, uh, but you know the boys have said it before, especially at home. Uh, but our even our away following's been amazing this season. So uh, we could it could be the difference. Yeah, I think we're taking a fair few numbers down Plymouth uh, next weekend as well. There's a lot of people staying down for the weekend, myself included, uh, which is why I should probably give you the advance notice now. There will not be a Charlton Live uh, next Sunday. Basically, all of us are staying in Plymouth for the weekend uh, for various different reasons. I mean, effectively all the same reasons, drink and stuff. Yeah, but, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but because I'm going down, my brother's having his stag do around the game. Um, uh, the rest of the boys are all going down. George, uh, someone's leaving as well, which, which we're, we're having a celebration for as well not in a horrible way <laughs> but we're, ce- we're celebrating their time at the club um, so there will be a few uh, there will be no live show uh, next Sunday unfortunately um, I'll yeah that, that's just uh, I'll, I'll remind you at the time but unfortunately no live show uh, next Sunday because I will not be in a fit state right London Inigiza says a pretty flat performance uh, but a win is a win I've seen a lot worse teams than Bradford this season still waiting for Johnny Williams to score well, no, it's true, uh, and uh, you know, every now and again, you think he's getting in the right positions to to maybe. To, there were a couple of times yesterday again. You, you think just pull the trigger, just just shoot. I mean, what's the worst that can happen? Uh, and then a couple of times he just delayed and got you know lost the ball. So I think it will come. Uh, hopefully, it will come when it really matters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, yeah, Wembley. I mean, he's saying, <laughs> he's saying himself yesterday. He's had a good. He's had some good times in the playoffs with uh, those uh, that team that must not be named. True. But he's he's, he's played true. in that higher pressure environment. He's played in the European semi-final as well. Don't forget. So he's played in high pressure environments. So maybe uh, the cream will rise to the top in that situation. Right, Sarah Saunders. Evening, Sarah said it wasn't the best, but I think it's the curse of the bottom teams. We play better against the top teams, but a win is a win. I'm looking forward to Luton at home, and that's true. I mean, we, we tend to this season. 
season, putting good performances against the the the, uh, the, the teams higher up the league, in particular here at the Valley. Yeah, it's a decent shout from Sarah that, um, you know, and mainly because you know I think. Again, I alluded to it before, where you know teams that are um, slightly higher up will actually uh, try and play football at, uh, with it, against us. You know what I mean? The, the likes of Portsmouth and Sunderland and and Luton, and hopefully um, that will be the case when Luton come to us. That they they open up a bit. They're not going to play defensively because they feel that they they can beat us mm. uh, because they don't need to be hitting us on the break. So it, with that in mind. Hopefully they'll uh, they'll come with a game plan that, that allows us to, to play the sort of football we know we can play. Right, John tweeted in. Uh, I said, uh, what did you make of the game yesterday? Uh, John said, oh, is it finished? Sorry, I fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> Which, yeah, I, I wouldn't have blamed anyone for that, that yeah. in that second half. Right, Spenny, we passed them off the pitch in the first half. Second half still looked comfortable, but without creating much. But a win is a win at this stage of the season. I think after Ball hit the post... Uh, David Ball hit the post early in that second half. I can't really remember too many scares at either end. I no, think they had the, they had the biggest scares uh, in or in the first half yeah. when we were pressing uh, them. I mean, the save that Dylan Phillips had to make uh, fairly point blank. I think it was against Owen Doyle. I'm not sure, but um, where and I think um, uh, Patrick Mayer may have got a foot in there as well to to stop that happening. So um, the fact that uh, their better chances came when we were playing better. Uh, sort of tells you everything I think you need to know because we didn't really play. Uh, we slowed it right down in that second half. Maybe it's because uh, you know they they started getting comfortable. Mm. Um, Bradford didn't really look like they were going to threaten us, and and it just petered out into a nothing game. And because we perhaps weren't uh, uh, attacking them with the same intent and will in that second half, so they couldn't hit us on the break quite as much. I don't know, but uh, yeah, it was um, it's one of the more turgid second half I think we've <laughs> yeah. ever seen isn't it yeah and, and and that's including the, the last home game against Burton where it's similarly we should have known as soon yeah. as that guy took the uh, crossbar challenge we should yeah. have all gone home because if that that was the set the, set the tone for the rest of the afternoon <laughs> yeah uh, right Vital Charlton says a good three points yesterday although we won the game we really need to start killing teams off especially with the playoffs fast approaching I mean this yeah this was a discussion I did have in the, the tunnel yesterday I think what the what the situation of the game was was we're 12 points clear we're playing a Bradford City at the bottom of the league mentality wise it's not one where you're thinking right look, come on let's go out and really put a show on it's one of the I mean because that, that game against Portsmouth against Sunderland here at the Valley hopefully against Luton in a couple of weeks when it's a completely different kettle of fish it, it might just make the players approach it differently even even though they should be motivated for every game it must be human condition to not be as up for a game against Bradford as you are against someone in the playoffs I sort of agree with that but can I throw something else into the mix as well um, we had six players away on international duty um, they would have come back what when Thursday depending, yeah, yeah, depending, depending on, on when they played Wednesday Thursday depending on when the, the, the countries actually played the last game <clears throat> uh, which is either Sunday or Monday I'm not sure which uh, so you know you've got um, three days shorter uh, to prepare for a, for a game and I, I might be again clutching at straws a little bit trying to find reasons for the for the slightly uh, um, dour second half but you know it might be a factor still you know that, mm. uh, that you, you win. it's alright saying they all had a rest but they also all disappeared to all four corners of the globe mm. uh, and only yeah. came back uh, later, late on in that, uh, in that week mm. 100% Charlton, this time of the season is just about picking up wins. Last season, we would have probably picked up a draw yesterday or a defeat. We are progressing nicely under Lee Bayer and long may it continue. Let's hope this contract talk this week is positive. Yeah, Lee Bayer mentioned during the week that he uh, was texted and he is expecting a, uh, a contract to be offered this week. Um, it, it, be I don't know why I'm just, just not confident. Uh, <laughs> because, yeah. you know, we decided I'm... to ask you to... Uh, 
do it for free. Well, <laughs> you just don't know, do you? With with the sort of stuff that's come out of us, you know, from behind the scenes, uh, the people that run us, you just you, you you can't confidently put your hand on your heart and say, uh, yeah, I think it'll all be sorted this week. You just because mm. I mean, bear in mind they sent him a text about it. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> I mean, how professional is that? Do you know what I mean? It's just, so, you know, you just get the feeling that it just takes the, you know, one of the dipstick in his bedroom to, uh, to turn around and say, well, maybe we could get somebody better. You know, on my, on my football manager, this bloke's got a really good record. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and they turn around and say, oh, yeah, you might be right there. Hmm. You just don't know, do you? Now, fi- look, fingers crossed, <clears throat> everything's sorted. We, you know, we keep Bowyer, Johnny Jackson, Gallon, everybody stays uh, the same team and we carry on. But as I say, hand on my heart. If you're gonna, if you're gonna ask me, you know, we were talking about Lyle Taylor scoring that goal. Put, would I put my mortgage on it? No, probably not. <laughs> yeah, um, Boya, uh, Jacko yesterday in, in a boot done his Achilles. Yeah, apparently. I saw that. Which yeah. is, he's done his. Uh, I heard he's done his Achilles. He's still hoping to be is able to run the marathon. marathon. Did he do it? He's while training, training. Yeah, he's oh. still hoping to be able to run the yeah, marathon. We hope so. Yeah, but yeah, interesting. As you say, uh, then texting him, oh, we'll, we'll sort you out. Uh, a contract. You know what's going to happen. They're going to do one. Send it over on Snapchat, and it'll be gone in ten seconds. Mm. That's how it works. Or they'll send it to the wrong bowyer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> Not after I've called him that exactly. thing. I called him earlier. You're in deep trouble. Yeah. <laughs> right. London in a geezer. I can't believe anyone can moan after yesterday's game. We won. That's all that matters. Bowyer is a miracle worker. He also adds that Burton. That hundred percent. Yeah. Burton seemed to be the key. I rate Burton. Could see them beating anyone in this league on their day. They, they, they've got. They've got a say in who finishes they in that have. top two. Burton Albion. They play Barnsley. They yeah. play. Portsmouth yeah. uh, uh, do they play Sunderland I'm just trying to look now yeah they do they play Sunderland as well Yeah, and they're a good side uh, yeah, let's hope. Let's hope they have better luck they, they, than when they played <laughs> yeah, exactly, us yeah. both times when uh, we won. Right, we've still got a few other comments to come in as well, but I wanted to bring you a little bit of uh, an update on Lewis Page um, because yeah, it happened on I think on Friday. I saw someone mention him on the forum, and I, it suddenly got me thinking, yeah, where the hell is he? Because he was supposed to be weeks away, not not you know not long ago, and we hadn't heard. So I asked Lee Bayer uh, what's going on with Page. Of course, remember he he got injured against Scunthorpe in that five three defeat, and that was back in I think November. So he's been out for a long time. Uh, I asked Bayer what the latest update is on the uh, left back Lewis Page Page well, he's training now so we're hoping to have him back in training with us Monday, Tuesday next week and then obviously he's been out a long time so we'll have to get him some 23 games and stuff but but yeah, it was his stomach he's had a hernia operation so he's, he's we're hoping that now he can he can strengthen us even more so hopefully we can, we can keep our squad strong until the end of the season you think you, you think he's got a chance this season then? Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, he's been he's been running for a long time now. Um, so yeah, he's there's a good chance he'll be back within, well, definitely within. I'm I'm in before the end of the month, yeah. like the end of April, and then yeah, we 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 should have him back for for May. <laughs> towards Vettikeli, it's actually Evans who's off the pitch momentarily for Portsmouth, Vettikeli on the left hand side, thinks about a cross he's been held up by Burgess, ball inside finds a Rebo, Rebo early cross comes towards Reese. can he get on the end of it, Reese across to Taylor, yes come on, Jordan make it too Lyle Taylor getting the goal that he wanted great endeavour from Ben Reese just to stay with the ball and just toe poke it in the way of Lyle Taylor, who had an open goal and couldn't miss, and Charlton restore their lead.
Welcome back. You are listening to Charlton Live. Lee Bowyer there giving us the update on left-back Lewis Page. He's had a hernia as well then, so it, the problems always seem to pile up for poor old Page, don't <laughs> he doesn't, they? He doesn't get me in ones, does he? No. Uh, um, injuries. And uh, uh, there was talk that uh, he was very close to coming back, and then uh, they, uh, I don't know, you know there was, then there was a rumour, oh, we rushed him back, and that's why he, he broke down. But it sounds like, no, the, the, the actual recent problem was the hernia, hmm. which I don't think was related to potentially to, to the original problem uh, so, or maybe it was I don't know I've got <clears throat> no idea medically I'm not that uh, not that clever uh, but he's almost gone under the radar him coming back isn't it um, mm. because uh, everybody's been talking about Forster Kasky and then we've had so many other injuries that people have been saying about oh it's two and three weeks we've almost assumed that we wouldn't see Lewis Page again so the fact that he you know he could be back and he, he definitely gives us a different option I mean I don't think Ben Perrington's played badly at all I think he's, he's a very stable left back but what he doesn't tend to do is offer us the, you know, that, the threat going, the, forward. The threat going yeah. forward. And uh, Lewis Page certainly yeah. does that. Page is the best crosser at the club, yeah. in my opinion. Um, I'd, I'd sort of yeah. go on with that. And yeah, uh, yeah I, I miss him a lot. In, I, think, I think we do miss him in that team. Uh, don't forget, so he signed a new deal as well, actually. So, I mean, he will still be here next year, which is uh, more than we can say for a lot of people. Well, actually, yeah. but, I mean, let's hope it's more than nine games. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so look forward to, to him coming back. Hopefully, uh, we'll see him before the end of the season. Bayer says we'll see him before the end of April, which is... Uh, which, which is good uh, news. Now, there's something I want to talk about, actually, yesterday. A couple of people have pointed out to me, and I did see it on Twitter earlier today. Lawrence uh, Salter said, don't really have a comment on the game, but can we discuss the racism that Lyle Taylor had on Twitter from the Bradford fan? Unacceptable. The person in question uh, should face his punishment, and both clubs need to speak up on this issue. John Barnes uh, was was right. And then Ray uh, on the forum as well said, sorry, lads, for getting the football, the racist abuse that Lyle Taylor on Twitter uh, received. It needs calling out and that's certainly true I mean I won't go into the specifics of it because it was just horrible to see and and, um, uh, Lyle Taylor in fact, he's just sent a thank you to a, a Bradford City fan who's who sent his. Um, well, they've uh, they've yeah. outed him. Uh, yeah, fellow Bradford fans yeah. have outed yeah. who he is. I'm not going to. I'm not going to say that's for certain him because I know that account itself is the the one that supposedly has done it is does send a load of nonsense. Oh right, okay. So they may just be naming someone for a laugh, but he, whoever it is, I mean, it's not hard for the police to, to find this sort of stuff. I mean, it's incredible <laughs> that in this day and age, this sort of stuff gets sent on, on Twitter. But you know, it, I say it's incredible. It's not the first time we've seen it, and it won't be the last. And it's not the first time Lyle's been on the receiving end of it well, recently <clears> as well. You have to give um, you have to give some credence to what John Barnes said um, shortly after the thing with uh, was it Moldova. Um, Montenegro, no, Montenegro, yeah. I beg your pardon, and uh, um, and Sterling and uh, uh, Hudson Odoi, I think, and um, Danny Rose, Danny as Rose. Well, yeah. You know, they got some abuse, and and everybody's up and oh, they should uh, ban Montenegro, ban their fans, which they should, of course, they should also. But <clears throat> you know, we do need to get our own house yeah. in order yeah, uh, because it's happening more and more. I'm not saying it's. I think it's less prevalent, generally speaking, but because of social media, it's more out there. You, people are more socially aware of it, and it's more. Uh, I think it's more accessible than it has been for for a very long time. So I, I actually do think I'd like to think at least maybe I'm being uh, a bit rose tinted, but I'd like to think <clears throat> as a society we're better. But there are still the scumbags that are out there, and this guy, you know, assuming it is a guy, pr- proves that is the case. Mm. And and what goes on uh, around the grounds, uh, up in Scotland, down here, everywhere that we're getting incidents. You know, the thing that happened at um, at Birmingham. And Villa, you know, there. It seems to me that there are the nutters seem to be bigger nutcases than they used to be. Yeah. It's, it's for some reason football's always been a place where 
society's worst problems can show itself. The same as uh, football is all, all, always a place that I, where society's best will show itself. People coming together, That's people <clears throat> socialising, enjoying what, what what they do, but also it obviously attracts the wrong people. And it's not just a football problem. I saw a really good piece recently that said, if you kick a racist out of the football stadium, it's still a racist outside. Outside of it, exactly. Um, so it's part partly the, the sort of work that a club can do to A, punish people who come into their stadium and do that sort of stuff, or, or you know, try and help oust someone on Twitter when, when they when they send that sort of abuse as well. That's part of it. But obviously, you know, the, the, the clubs will also, I mean, Cholton is a shining beacon in terms of uh, going out into the community and trying to help educate people. It's not about telling them, telling them what's right and wrong. It's about being educated. If you're well, educated, then you know what you're, you're talking not, about. You're not right? born a racist. Yeah. You don't, you know, there isn't a gene that's to, that to makes you a racist or, yeah. or a scumbag. You're not born into that, so you are taught it. Yeah. Or you pick it up from somewhere. So, <clears throat> um, and I think... Uh, everybody talks about uh, you know um, it's a nation's problem and it is so everybody has to look at themselves every club has to look at itself um, and uh, you just mentioned it there you know we as a club I think do more than mo- well I, no, I, it, it seems at least that we do more than most uh, and as long as we keep our house in order as long as we you know we are always vigilant and and uh, and it doesn't happen here. Uh, or at least, uh, if it does, that we stamp it out without uh, without question, without uh, impunity. They we ban them we, for life, not just for for weeks. Then that hopefully stre- spreads across, and and if we can be the beginning of that, you know, and I think we already are and have been. Then ultimately, uh, you know, you'd like to think it will stamp itself out. Reality is, of course, that you know the nation is made up of a of a of, a, of an assortment of beings. Uh, and there'll always be scumbags. I mean, you just there, there will be. You just go, you know, in a perfect world, in a utopian world, you wouldn't get scumbags. Mm. But that's not going to happen. So it's how we control it and how we make sure that it doesn't affect us. Um, and can we stamp it out 100? percent Probably not, unfortunately. But um, in society, I'm talking about. But if we can uh, at least eradicate it from football clubs to make sure that it, you know, if people turn up and try it or people tweet it. In the, in, on the back of a football match that they are punished heavily so they don't do it again or at least not in association with football hmm. Right, yesterday was Women's Team Day here at the Valley uh, today they played a game away to London Bees a 2-1 win for the girls um, Lizard Juppy and Kit Graham with the goals now importantly Spurs lost hmm. and they lost heavily to Man United 5-1 now when Charlton played Man United last week it was only a 2-1 defeat So, and Spurs have lost two in a row now so I'm just wondering we're now five points off Spurs we've still got to play them at the Oakwood uh, in, it's quite soon actually I think it and it's only even... four points off Spurs now uh, they're on 39 we're on 35 aren't we they're on, I've got Spurs on 40 on the FA now also the BBC website is always dreadful for this I've table, got, but I've, I've got, got 40 for I've them, got so. the Women's Championship um, yeah. uh, table in front of me. Man United 43 on top. Spurs second on 39. Durham <laughs> have sneaked in in 35. Yeah, so but the BBC says 40 points for Spurs. Well, so. Spurs have won 13 games and have drawn none. That's 39, isn't it? So I've got one draw for Spurs ah, okay. So one of these websites is incorrect, <laughs> but basically, I, so I, I think Either it's way. five points. I think they're five points, but it could... Uh, it, it could be it could be four points then off second with Spurs still to come down to the Oakwood yep. and the Charlton team a big game, back right? in back in good form. I think that's next Sunday. Uh, we'll, we'll let you know. But we Thursday. can't ignore Durham because they've they've sort of sneaked up under the radar, haven't they? Yeah. Durham into third. Yeah. So interesting. That's going to be really interesting uh, run into the season. Let's hope that the girls uh, can get over the line. They can sneak into that into that top two in the in the last few uh, games. I went down to see them play against Man United. They're unlucky to uh, to, to get mm. beaten. So uh, yeah, well done to to listen to Kit as well. 
well for the the goals today. Now, right, I'm going to tell you what happened with me and Gary Bowyer. Oli, <laughs> CFC Oli has actually just tweeted saying what happened with your Gary Bowyer if I missed bows. it. Yeah, so <laughs> it's not it's not like we had a run in as such. It's can just, I can I paint a picture first before you do that? Right, right. Yeah, because I'm, I'm I'm sitting in here. Painting pictures doesn't really work on a radio. Saying, you have to no, talk. No, it does. Yes, it does. <laughs> uh, I'm uh, I'm in here interviewing uh, Lee Bowyer. He's coming to to me, and at the same time as Lee comes into here, normally Gary Bowyer or the opposition manager is actually normally first yeah. uh, because they want to get away. Um, but he wasn't, so Bowyer came in, Lee Bowyer came in, and then as soon as Lee Bowyer came in to me, uh, in walked Johnny Williams to, to have the uh, press interview uh, as a player, which is normally a bit later because you normally have to wait for him to get out of the shower yeah. and all that old stuff. No sign of Gary Bowyer at that point. So I'm in here interviewing Lee, and then suddenly he appears from round the back. How on earth he got round the back, I have no idea. Well, he's he gone, through the, gone through the first aid room. Is that how he yeah. done it? So he went through the first aid room, which was round the back then, and appeared at the back of the press, press room rather than at the front, which he normally should, uh, while um, uh, the press and Louis Mendes was interviewing uh, <laughs> John Williams. Now, all I can see, I can't see Johnny Williams in my position here. All I can see is the back of the room with Gary Bowyer st- Stalking the the end, like almost um, pacing back and forwards. He clearly wants to get the coach, <laughs> uh, while you lot asking asking uh, Johnny Williams questions. Now Johnny was a fascinating man, and you obviously wanted to ask him considerably more questions than Gary Bowyer was expecting. It happened. It, it was so weird because what what you couldn't tell as well with uh, with Gary Bowyer was that he walked in and started snoring loudly <laughs> as if he was bored. Um, the interview with with Johnny Williams, which will be out in the South London Press tomorrow, it started off badly. Actually, I, I said a question. He couldn't hear me, and so I had to repeat it. So he was sort of, I was sort of on the back foot. I was like, oh, God, you know, like, you, you would sort of get your head back into the game, just trying to work out what's going on. All of a sudden, there's some loud snoring from the back of the room. I assumed that Scoop had fallen asleep. Um, and then I realised, turned around and realised it was Gary Bowyer, as if he was bored. And then sort of Johnny Williams sort of started laughing, so I assumed, oh, he must know him. Like, I was, I was sort of half thinking, like, where, where would they have been together? But uh, it transpires that they don't know each other, so that was even weirder. And then, so, you know, we, we need to get some interesting stories for the paper. Johnny Williams, as you said, interesting man. There's lots of questions. What's all about your future? All this sort of stuff. What do you think about the playoffs? What do you think about the game? There's loads of stuff you want to ask him. He's a, he's a, he's a nice chap as well, and I was enjoying speaking to him. Um, now, a standard interview at, for a player, five, six minutes. I mean, that is standard. That's probably quite short, actually. Some of them going for probably, if Lyle Taylor's in, sometimes you get 15 <laughs> minutes because he loves, he loves it as well. But I was chatting away to Johnny and, you know, got, got the interview back on track. He was saying some really interesting stuff. Like I say, you'll be able to read it um, tomorrow. And all of a sudden, I ask a question. And all of a sudden, I hear some murmuring from behind me. Don't forget, I'm sat at the front of the room. And I thought, what's going on? Who's, who's speaking while we're doing the interview? That's actually pretty poor to, to be doing that. And next thing I notice, when I answer, ask him what turned out to be my last question, Gary Bowyer walked around, sat next to me, and whispered in my ear, if you ask one more question, and then did a slitty throat motion. I mean, it was all joking. It was all joking. Um, but it was so awkward. And then I thought, well, how am I going to get my own back on uh, on Gary Bowyer? So, so, I mean, hopefully you can hear this. This, this is how the interview ended with the, the most sarcastic football manager in, in, the, uh, in the Football League, it turns out. Just shows you it's, it's a lottery. So as long as we make it, who knows? I think Gary's getting patient. He wants to ask <laughs> questions. So cheers, Johnny. Well done, cheers, lad. Mate. <laughs> cheers, mate. You're welcome. Anytime. Cheers, Johnny. Yeah. 
So there we go. He was he, he he didn't want to ask a question. He was just wanted to get me out of the room. But it was just so bizarre when I when I'd had like a let's say an awkward start to the interview. I just wanted to ke- continue and try and carry on with what I was doing. I Gary Bowyer. I can only assume <laughs> that the Bradford chef had cooked curry for the coach on, uh, on the way home because he was de- and so he was desperate yeah. to get out of there. Yeah. But uh, it did look funny. What is it with you and managers? I know they always fall out with me, don't they? <laughs> no, no, it's normally the home team manager though. It's not. It's normally our one, not their one. But yeah, that was uh, that was. Uh, uh, that was a strange one. Right, uh, we're gonna have another quick break here. Uh, still to come. Uh, don't forget, I'm, gonna, I'm asking you about your Charlton faces because uh, um, headphones norm got given the um, the Pride of the Valley award yesterday, and you can't go to a Charlton game and not see headphones norm. Thoroughly uh, deserved. Yeah, those. and uh, like I say, he's, he's someone I like. I, say, I'm, I've, I can't. You see him everywhere. I remember speaking to him, like I say, a game against Arsenal, we'd lost 3-0. It would have been our last trip to Highbury, so what, 2004-ish, 2005? I remember bumping into Headphones Norm. He wouldn't have known who I was and, and speaking to him and sort of going home. So I spoke to Headphones Norm today. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, it's, it's just a face that you always see and it's uh, it was great to see him uh, get the award yesterday. So I want to know who else is a face. Obviously, Sebo's up there, um, but there's, there's plenty of others out there as well. A lot of people would know faces without ever knowing names. That's yeah, but that's thing. the thing. But you need, you, in that case, describe them. I mean, they, <laughs> <laughs> there's that, that there's that old guy who sort of leans forward a bit and has a plastic bag. That's he's a face. I don't know his name. He's a face. So any any faces like that you want to you want to tell us about? Be as polite as you possibly can. Yeah, I mean unless you, <laughs> if you're describing Terry, just call him whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. here we go. Right, it's so, impossible to be polite. Yeah, quick break. We'll be back here on Charlton Live in thirty seconds. Momentum has been with Charlton. They've really played well this. Oh, it's a quickly taken time. corner into Williams in the penalty area. Chip ball back across. Headed clear. Only as far as Saw gets something on it. So does Vedicoli. Oh, oh cleared away. Every saw again. Yes! Yes! Come on! This time it was Vedicoli. He got Vedicoli's header. I don't know who it come off in the end. <laughs> Deflected in. It might have been Williams. I've no idea who that came off last. But it over the outstretched hand of Ramsdale. But it was Vedicaley's header. John McEwen up for the uh, dropping ball, but it took a deflection off of somebody, and it's in the back of the net. Welcome back to the last uh, 10 minutes or so of this evening's Charlton Live. Uh, we've been looking back at yesterday's 1-0 win over Bradford City here at the Valley. Not the most exciting game, but I think we've, we've done it to death. But we've got a couple of other subjects we're going to talk about. Daniel Trafin actually DM'd us uh, this morning saying, big shout out to the Charlton Live Massive, if people still say that. I mean, I've been caught. I've lost a lot of weight recently. Well, no, actually, no, 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 I'm still Massive. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've shed a few pounds for the bike ride, which if anyone wants to donate to prostate cancer, you can do so on... Um, you, know, <laughs> you know when you're too big, when you... when because I have lost a considerable amount, and I'm still fat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, so have I, to be fair, and I still am. But I have lost a few pounds for the uh, the, the bike ride to Amsterdam that's coming up, actually. So if anyone wants to donate to Prostate Cancer, have a look at my Twitter page, because I'm still short of my, my target. Apparently, he uh, takes pork pies as well. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, well, at the end. Um, <laughs> uh, but Daniel's saying, uh, if Charlton get to the final, the playoff final, I'll be flying over from sunny Melbourne in Australia. Are nice any one. other Charlton fans thinking... Of doing the same. Well, like, you maybe so because you know on uh, on the CFC player we have uh, a range of listeners from all over the world, mm-hmm. and uh, so you know from uh, from America and uh, uh, Spain, Mexico, all over the place. So uh, you'd expect to be a few flights uh, to be arranged uh, mm-hmm. if we do get there. It'd be yeah. Um, if we get there, 
I dare say that'll be one of the things because uh, I mean, if we get there, uh, there, there that'll be great, and we'll we'll talk about everything. It'll and, almost yeah. be certain be the one commentary that nobody will be listening to because <laughs> yeah. everybody will. Yeah. Read it. But we'll um, yeah, we'll, the, uh, if we get there, I'll be wanting to speak to so many fans for Charlton mm. Live and stuff. It w- yeah, I'm getting ahead of myself. Right um, on the, <laughs> on the Charlton Live forum, Mendonca and Asda says, "Sorry, Louis, you're up against Line of Duty tonight. I'm going to have to listen on the podcast instead." I don't even know what that is, but Mendon it's probably a fair point. Yeah, but if, if it's any good, let us know because I always like new TV shows to look out for. But I'm sure you could have downloaded that from the iPlayer and listened to us live. Oh, that's a good call. Yeah, yeah. come on, Mendon no It's not good enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks for listening. Southwest Addicts, another three points and back to back clean sheets. One defeat in the last 14. 27 points at the last 42 is a good return. The quality of the match, though, was very poor throughout. The lack of risk taken in the final third was disappointing. Having Page and Jake Forster Kasky back before the end of the season would be a bonus yeah we spoke about Paige it'd be interesting with, with Jake if he, if he does come back I mean is there a place in the team for him straight away well, it's interesting. I mean, he's coming into a very a very busy midfield I mean you'd expect I mean look, actually when you mentioned about um, uh, Lewis Page I was looking at the uh, the subs bench basically to see who could fit in where uh, and don't forget yesterday you had uh, Christian Billick missing so you have a subs bench of Jason Pierce, Josh Parker, Tariq Fosu, Darren Prattley, Chris Solly, and George Lapsley. So who out of those? Let's assume that Christian Bellick's coming back in. Let's say Lewis Page is available and Jake Foster Cassidy. So you've got three players from that subs bench that you've got to take out. Who would they be? You'd, you'd almost expect George Blessing, George Lapsley, uh, to, uh, to, to miss out, assuming um, Jake Foster Cassidy is 100% fit. Um, then what, Darren Prattley or Tariq Fosu? Who? Who, yeah. who drops? Who drops out? Interesting, interesting. A headache that we're not used to having here Indeed. at the here at the Valley, uh, whatsoever. We had an email in from Jonathan West as well from the uh, from the upbeat. Said he was hoping for three points yesterday, and that's exactly what we got. So I'm sure John will be very happy with that one. The upbeat's walk is in two weeks' time, and I'm very much looking forward to it. Yeah, and yeah. I sh- I should be, but I'm not unfortunately because yeah. uh, I've uh, torn my uh, cartilage. Or well, meniscus is the official yeah. median meniscus, the official yeah. title, but it's cartilage to me and you. Yeah. Uh, so I'll be there at the beginning, and I'll be there to to meet you. At the end, but I won't be doing the bit in the middle. Yeah, well, that's the walk-in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but it will be a great day. So, looking forward uh, to that. Right on the forum, Sage said, first half we created chance after chance, and really, really ought to be at least three 0 up. Taylor should have had a hat trick. Igor also should have put his chance away from within the six-yard box. Another stat is that we have picked up fifty-two points since we last lost at home against Coventry in twenty-seven games. So that's home and away, which is just shy of two per game. Good side we are, aren't we? That's what you said. I mean, yeah, we are. That's it. Our, our point return this season, as we we mentioned, compared to last season, is brilliant. And that's a very good call. I mean, we. I mean, I think as Charlton fans, it's 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 our nature to uh, to think right. Everybody else is better than us, so how are we going to beat them? But actually, you, you have got, and that's a great stat and a great call, a great uh, a great mention, because uh, we are a good side. We wouldn't have done what we've done uh, over the last uh, um, what, three months. Um, haven't lost here since October. You know, we are a good side, and people are going to be scared of us. And maybe that's the approach we should be coming at, rather than. Uh, I know it's a human nature for Charlton fans to, to to be the other way, but you know, yeah, maybe we should we should be expecting other teams to be scared of us, and that's mm. maybe why Bradford and likes of Burton and that play against us the way they do and nullifies the way they do because they are actually scared of us. Yeah, um, right. CFC Forever says a very average performance. Second half was. Dis- 
abysmal against any other opponents, we would not have secured the three points. Uh, Sunderland and Portsmouth going 120 minutes uh, against each other today in the Checker Trade Trophy Final will be a bonus. Gutted about that. Yeah, yeah for us. Uh, Ray said it was shocking that Mendonca and Anstos is listening uh, on a podcast and not live <laughs> because of line of duty. He said, no excuses, Sky Plus or catch up. Go, Louis, go, Louis. See, I'm with Ray there. Yeah. Uh, he's doing a bike ride with us himself, actually. So I look forward to uh, finding out his training's uh, going. I know he's had to be off the bike for a while, but he'll be, he'll be fine because uh, I know he's made a stone. You know what he's going to do, actually. You know, Ray's going to bring the dogs with him. That's what I said. Gonna, like, they're going to pull him yeah, round. Like, like, a, like, like a, a husky. Yeah, like a land husky, it, yeah. like, if there's such a thing. Yeah. Yeah, I, know what he's, I know what his game is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right. Um, uh, uh, we uh, tweet in from uh, London Geezer as well about the the incident uh, with, with Lyle Taylor, the racist incident online. Um, and, and he said, well said, Terry, on what you said. Remember going back to the 70s and the 80s, Charlton was a breeding ground for racists. Charlton have done a great job uh, stamping it out, and yeah, that's, I'd say yeah. uh, I'd say that's across across the football, not just Charlton. But, um, mm. but uh, cheers, Mike. I appreciate it. But uh, you know, and, uh, he's right. The seventies and eighties, it wasn't just Charlton. They were, ev- you know, it was everywhere in yeah. football. So uh, the fact that we are where we are now is 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 huge. You know, huge congratulations and respect to go to the uh, the trust and and the club. Yeah, right. Um, as we said, headphones norm. Uh, Pride of the Valley. They give those out every. I mean, they've given out to some really excellent Charlton fans throughout throughout the course of the season. I saw Doctor Kish got one a couple of weeks ago yep. as well. Um, I think you can nominate your friends. I'm not sure exactly how it works, but there's so many people I'd recognise who I would count as a Charlton face. But Norman uh, Headphones Norm is the ultimate Charlton face. He's been going for that. so long, so long. Obviously, he's got quite a distinctive uh, clothing situation going on there with his Davy right. Crockett hat, the headphones. It's a, I think the it's jacket. a Russian, isn't it? It's a Yushchenko. Is it? Hat, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's a great. It's a great look. And like I say, it's a face you always look forward to seeing uh, on your long journeys up north. And uh, like I say, it makes you just feel that little bit more more comfortable when you travel away. So, I, I mean, Terry, have you, got, have you got any at the top of your mind? Well, I, yeah, I, I mean, I, some of the ones that spring to mind are probably people have already been uh, been recognised. You know, the likes of Gene, uh, Gene Hewlin, who, who, who was, you know, probably. And the thing is, sadly, let, um, you know, the, I'm going back a few years now when they would have been week in, week out. They're less so now because of the situation of the club. So, sadly, we've lost a few. Uh, mm. Who would have been week in week out, and you'd see them uh, home and away every single week. And I think we've lost a few of those because of you know the regime we, that, that, that currently is in charge of us mm. uh, and the situation at the club. And that's that's one of the saddest things of the whole thing. You know that uh, we've uh, not only have we probably lost a bit of a generation, uh, we've lost some of the real recognised yeah. faces that that used to go week in week out. Yeah, in fact, uh, Amy <laughs> Amy tweeted in earlier. I'll just try and find this now. Uh, faces. Not sure about the face as such, but you often hear a rendition of Jerusalem. Uh, that'll be that'll be mad. Um, anyone anyone in particular who's at, um, uh, at Accrington Stanley away will remember that rendition. But yeah, Mads is certainly a face um, uh, that you recognise. Uh, Kyle Andrews and his dad surely faces. Yeah, the two yeah, Andrews. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So Kyle obviously walking around a pitch now, but his dad his dad is someone you'd recognise. Uh, even if you didn't realise it was Kyle's dad, purely because he's there every week. Yep. That that sort of face. Great. I mean, uh, you know, from my own group, I mean, many many people seem to know Benji for some reason. Well, no, Benji's up there because because sure. he goes because he goes everywhere, but every, yeah. he talks and, to everyone as well. Uh, and, yeah, ben, and yeah. Yeah, Benji, you can't go to a, a game where Benji's at and not know he's there. Yeah, because <laughs> you can hear him from the other side <laughs> of the stadium. Flynn Diesel, uh, Martin Flynn is a face as well. Yep. Um, uh, and there's plenty on the uh, on, on the forum as well. So Vince has been mentioned. I mean, uh, we had him on the show last uh, last year for the the anniversary back to the Valley game because he ran on uh, snogged the, killer, snogged killer hail. So I mean, he's a face. A lot of people will. Know. Uh, addicted says Dennis is is a face yeah. that, that people would 
with, with no Les Turner, who I, f- I think is the guy I mentioned earlier, but I'm not certain. Uh, there's there's a guy called um, uh, John as well, who, 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 uh, who I see often at away games. He often sits in the home end, actually. I remember outside Scunthorpe, uh, but at Scunthorpe and Doncaster this season, he's just suddenly walked walked past us and waved at us. I in used the to have end. to do that a lot, actually. Yeah. Uh, I used to, no, not have to, that's probably the wrong way. I, because a lot of my decisions about going were quite, uh, and a lot of the games were last minute. So I spent a lot of time in uh, in neutral sides, I suppose, rather than uh, the home ends. Uh, but even even some of the home games, like West Ham at home, uh, West Ham at Upton Park, and being in with the West Ham was probably the quietest 90 minutes I've ever spent in my life. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, right, Maltese Paul's got a mention on the forum ah, from Guna yeah. Hater. Um, uh, Ollie Lewis, of course, Sebo's brother's there. Royal Navy Paul, my cousin, his fault. I started going. Dr. Kish, two blokes, two blokes named Clive, Norman's mate Dave, and Ian Cartwright's got a mention as well. All faces that you go yep, you go yep. to an away game and see. I might be saying these names and you don't know who these people are, but you would recognise You'd recognise a face. No 100%. Question. It's it's just bizarre how, like, um, you know, I, I recognise, when I used to sit in my season ticket seat, in the northwest quadrant, there used to be this guy that sit, sat in front of me, and I ne- would never a few rows in front of me, I never would have spoken to him. But now you see him; he sits in the west now. It's just oh, his face, chump face, <laughs> and it's stuff like that. that, that Do you know, <laughs> it's even uh, one of the weirder things about that. And I know we're running towards the end here, but um, is when you know you see a you see a chump face at the valley or even away, and and it happened to me on one occasion. I'm not going to go into the full details, but basically, when you're on holiday. And you see a Charlton face. Yeah. That is just bizarre. Yeah, or spotting, just spotting Charlton faces elsewhere in London. It's so confusing. I, I, I work near Westminster in my day job, and I was walking um, I was walking towards, uh, it was a couple of months ago, walking down towards Westminster Bridge, and a Charlton face came the other way. And we've spoken to each other before. It's just one of those, all right, all right. That's that's all you need, and that's uh, yeah. It's always fun when you see him away from the ground as well. Right, uh, we have run out of time, as you mentioned, uh, Terry. It's flown by again. Thanks to all of you who have got involved uh, with tonight's Charlton Live. We've gone back to the hour and a half uh, Sunday show. We did try the hour a couple of weeks ago. I don't think it worked personally. We, we got too much to say and we talked too much. Yeah, so exactly. It's never so, going to happen. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it, it was a, it was a test. It didn't work. We're sticking with the hour and a half. Thanks to everyone who gave their feedback for that. I think although we're going down to zero next week. Yeah. Although yeah, zero <laughs> next week. So on average an hour for the last two weeks but yeah, no, there we go right so um, yeah thanks for everyone who listened and, and to who got involved we will do a big match preview on Thursday so myself uh, Tom and Nay for a, a combination thereof will be here uh, Terry you've been here this evening thanks for coming in no problem thank you and just remember Mothers like Charlton too. That's why we're here. Yes, exactly. I went out for Mother's Day lunch instead of dinner, so yes, I could do the snap. shows. But yeah, because my my mum would be devastated if if there was no Charlton Live tonight. Exactly that. She doesn't listen. Right. <laughs> this has been Charlton Live. I've been Louis Mendes. Thanks for joining in this evening. We'll be back here on Thursday. We shall see you later. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm, HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.